Maisie. I'm Alice. And this is Treason Review. Excellent to see you, Alice. How are you doing? Well, 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 sister mine. I'm all right. We've got really into sister mine recently, speaking from Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. Excellent phrase. Too much Sherlock, it addles the mind. Yeah, they just sort of run through them. It's binging time. We're in isolation. Mm, this mm, is the time mm. for binging and reading and making podcasts. Correct, Amundo, which is why I'm happy to welcome you. To the only podcast comparing trees and treasons on a five-stock scale. Welcome to Treason Review, <laughs> beloved listeners. So we've switched it around this week. What have we done, Alice? Well, we switched it around because last week, as you'll recall, I was deeply traumatised by a bad Chilean dictator. <laughs> so now I have been in- basking in the soothing balm of the genus... Betula, which the Jesus more Betula. yes, the more arboreally inclined oh. of our listeners will recognise <laughs> is the genus which includes amongst its family the alders, the hornbeams, Ooh. and those pesky monkeys. The hazel is it a tree? Oh, is it a bush? No one knows. Don't get me started on hazel. I, I wouldn't. I know better than that by now. <laughs> but this time we're dealing with the most Russian tree. It's the the birch tree. (laughs) What are the characteristics that make it Russian? A really good blog called Russia and Beyond that said this is the most Russian tree. Well, if it's written by a Russian, I'm willing to take it. I didn't fact check that, but I feel feel trusting of this blog. Was it written in Russian? No. That would be so amazing, though. That would really have validity. But we wouldn't know that it was amazing because of the small hiccup of not being able to read Russian. Oh, my God. You see, you've scuppered at the first hurdle. It's its own tail, Alice. Mm. So tell me more about this tree, what are its roots? Okay, sure will. The roots of the betula, the common birch. It's the most common tree to be found in Russia. Pretty prolific around most of the northern hemisphere. Mm. Um, And it's inspired many songs and poems. The Slavs love a bit of the old birch tree. They consider it sacred. It's associated with spring, beauty, fertility, protection, all those kinds of good things. Yeah. Which would be important back in the day, you know, when there was only like a few of us <laughs> hanging on for grim death. <laughs> if only. Especially in Russia, you know, where it's relentlessly freezing and the ground is hard. Like, what do they grow there to eat back in the day? You can actually eat the birch tree. We'll get back onto that later. Yeah, I've heard stories about Russian soldiers like stewing bark and roots and yes. whatnot, which is why they did so well in the war. Question mark? The, the war. Wars. You know that war. There's enough wars going on, you can probably just say war. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Etymologically, the origin of birch could be from bereza, which is from ancient Slavic berza, meaning to shine. Oh, like the silver birch. To sense. show white, yeah, yeah, that's right. But it's also similar to bili, which is Russian for white, and berech, meaning to keep or to take care of which is linked to their beliefs that it's a protective entity, you know. They attributed Birch with the ability to protect people from evil, from evil magic, from curses, you know, from, like, the evil eye. The evil eye? Yeah. about Mordor? I'm talking about Mordor. Yeah. Yeah. Forget the ring. It was actually a religion in Russia in feudal times, I heard. What, Birch trees? Or the evil eye? Lord of the Rings, of course. I see. I get it now. I've arrived. Uh, they so Slavic people back in the day and even still today this blog informed me would ask the birch trees directly for help like a shaman or a wise old counsellor or something Mm -hmm. you know so they'd have a problem and they'd go and ask the birch tree to help them or protect them from this trials and tribulations that they're about to face or they would plant a birch tree in their garden to protect their home from bad spirits and stuff did it work? 
I mean, probably not. Hey now. Given how magic isn't real. Oh, but uh, if it possibly helped them to feel better. That's what I mean. And we know yeah. that psychosomatically, you that know, placebo effects, yeah, it makes your life a lot better. So if you're ever strolling about Russia and see a garden <laughs> really full of birch trees, you know that they were... Having getting, a real bad time. Yeah, getting <laughs> cursed left, right and centre. Uh, they thought that working, wa- walking in birch groves could cleanse your spirit and your aura from any bad energies attached to you. Uh, it was used as an alternative for papyrus, for Egyptian papyrus. What is papyrus? Papyrus was the Egyptian reeds that they would weave together to make essentially paper, except paper is a Chinese innovation. Is it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And they also used it for making Russian lap tea otherwise referred to as a bast shoe. which if, Yeah, shoe. if you've ever seen really old depictions, drawings, illustrations of Russians, and they're wearing that like wrap-around shoe over a big white sock that goes up to the knee. I have never seen that. If ever. you Google Russians from the 1800s, they'll be covered in lapti. Yeah. yeah, and it's like this, they weave birch bark together like a basket, but it's a basket for the foot. Oh. Yeah. It's good, that, isn't it? That is good. Yeah. What a useful tree. What a great tree. Gets round, stops curses, leaves you some shoes. Win, 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 as far as I'm concerned. What have you got for me, Maisie? What are the roots of your trees oh, in? Such a good treason. This is a really happy one. So, Sydney George O'Reilly. You might know him as the Ace of Spies. Oh. He is, to quote, the greatest spy that ever lived. Wow. He was the foundation for um, James Bond. So Ian Fleming and Riley had a mutual friend. And a no mutual way. Friend passed all the stories along to Ian Fleming. Who wrote really? That. Like that? Yeah, like yeah. that much connected? Obviously, James Bond books are terrible and awful. Oh, yeah. Super, super misogynist, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. The worst book I've ever read. Oh, wow. Really? The worst book you've ever read? The worst book I've ever read. Wow. It was so bad. How many stocks on a five-stock scale would Casino Royale by Ian Fleming get? So many negative. Really? Bad. Either way, Sydney was a great guy, and he worked for, like, four different superpowers. So, Japan, UK, Russia, Germany in his lifetime. Wow. And he was fundamental in overthrowing the Bolshevik regime, which was his treason because he's a Russian guy. I see. Um, but he had an amazing life. Would you like to hear the roots of his life? I'd love to hear the roots of his life. Tough, Alice. I can't tell you because no one knows. <laughs> he just crawled out from under some stone like a woodlouse. So he would tell everyone he met a different origin story. So no one knows his birthday. They only know oh. the year he was born. No one knows where he was born. Just somewhere in Russia. <gasps> he gave a bunch of different names out, including Solomon Rosenblum. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of shit we would say. Yeah. Oh yes, my name is Frankenfurt exactly. Liebenstein. Um, all anyone knows of his earliest stories is that he was arrested at some point as a youth and then when he was released, so, so he gets out of jail and he says like, all right, Rosenblum, or whatever his name turned out to be, your mother is dead and also I'm not your actual father. Your actual father was her doctor. And then Sydney's like, well, this is all too much. So he fakes his own death on a harbour, stowaways on a boat, like a British boat heading towards South America, renames himself Pedro. And then oh, isn't everyone him, like, him? isn't everyone like, you're a little bit white and not speaking <laughs> Spanish for a South American called Pedro? Well, he got along fine. So how he became an actual spy? This is how so did he become amazing. a spy? So he's doing all these odd jobs in South America. He's like so what is he like, twenty odd or summer? Yeah, like late teens, early twenties. Okay. And um, he's doing some odd jobs on this ship that's going around. And the ship is owned by, like, the British Intelligence Service. And they're protecting this major. That's their mission, to protect this guy. And then Sydney's working as a little, like, ship hand. And then some attackers attack the ship. And Sydney like, grabs one of the British spy's guns, shoots the attackers. He saves the major. He saves the mission. 
and the British um, intelligence service are like, do you want a job? <laughs> and that's how he became a fucking spy. I'm sorry, so a, a ship that was manned by personnel from British <laughs> military services could not overthrow the pirates. I'm sure they probably But a 19-year-old ship hand who just... was busy swabbing the deck <laughs> just clonked him on the head with a nearby... did it first. And he grabbed someone else's gun and did it. Like, well, took some initiative. Good work, wow, Sydney. We love initiative. Capitalism I mean, loves initiative. It does. It's the neoliberal imperative. He's he's a self-starter. Responsibilities. Yeah. The roof. He's like, well, it's my fucking job to protect it. Then me, Pedro. He's cracking on <laughs> with stowaway. Yeah, yeah. The the project of the self. Exactly. Bravo, Pedro. Slash Sydney. Slash. So he just killed a load of people. Slash Solomon. Wow. Rosenblum to you. <laughs> Madam. <laughs> this reminds me of a great book, which I don't know if you've read it. It's called Dr. Dog's Body's Leg. <laughs> it's so good. What are you talking about? Yeah, Is this yeah. a dream you had? No, maybe. But maybe it's a dream that many people have had simultaneously. Maybe it's all just a dream, Maisie. Oh, maybe we're just a brain in a jar. So... Don't get me down that road. <laughs> So he's this captain, a sea captain, and he's got a wooden leg. Oh, does he tell someone a different story every time? Probably lost his leg. Every single time. And each time it's impeccably detailed, really convincing, all the story lines up. And and every time, like, he's with a different crowd of people in the pub telling them. And each time the crowd of people in the pub can corroborate elements of his story. Like, yes, I was there, I saw that, I know that person, (gasps) blah, blah, blah. And no one knows in the end how how his leg became... Wooden. Fiction, right? Yes, fiction. It's a really good book. That sounds really good. Have you got it here? It's a romping read. I think James took it back. Oh, no, it's right there. Can you see that gold spine and the golden black? Oh, yeah. It's by James Norman Hall. Thanks, James. Yeah. Excellent. Can't wait. Yeah. Good stuff. So give me the shade of your tree, Alice. What the leaves like, what the flowers like, how shady we chatting? Okay, will do. Shade, roughly a six to seven metre canopy. Nice. Yeah. Most people will probably be familiar with the appearance of the silver birch because mm. they're quite common in all of Northern Europe, like where we are. And they have sort of tiny little leaves that are semi-serrated, so they're not smooth around the yeah. edges. They've either got single or double or triple serration on each side. Triple and serration. each, I know, I can only <laughs> dream of such a level of serration. <laughs> And each leaves come out in pairs, but they don't grow directly off the branch. They grow like a tiny little branch called something cute, like a lecticule or something like that. And then they, yeah, and then they sprout their two little leaves off that. And they grow catkins. Oh, I love a catkin. Yeah. um, But these ones are different from, say, like willow catkins because birch ones, I think it's the female one. That's the catkin, right? Because it's got all the seeds so, in it. Yeah. That's the ovum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, instead of like floofing around in a ploofy floofler, they go all hard and crumbly when they're ripe and disperse that way by falling to the ground and sticking to pollinators Animals and getting blood. Yeah, yeah, exactly like that. And they have tiny weeny weeny little flowers. No. So you won't see them very much like you would see on a magnolia tree, yeah. say from last episode. They are hardy to hard USDA level seven, which is not surprising. What when is USD level seven? So this is a way of classifying hardness of flowers, oh, flowers and plants. <laughs> yeah, so you know where they're likely to survive. Oh, which well, if you think about, time. yeah, how much the Russians and Slavs love them, no surprise that they're extremely hardy. They can survive temperatures of up to minus thirty-five degrees Celsius. Whoa. So Whoa, they're extremely hardy, which I think is why they're so associated with. You know, like strength and regeneration and good luck and all that. Yeah. Hard. Hardy. They're tough, mate. Tough as nails. (laughs) But let me tell you what, Maisie. More than the shade of the canopy, the shade over the centuries that the humble birch has provided to human culture is... Incalculable. It's incalculable. They are 
incandescent wow. as a species. Let me give you a, a list, which I'll have to caveat with, includes, but is not limited to, plywood, for flavouring food. For flavouring food? Flavouring food. What kind of food is flavoured? Latvians love a bit of birch juice. I've actually participated in, in a birch tapping ceremony. I was just about to ask if you've tried it. Yeah, it's pretty good. And they say that it has loads of like enriching, powerful properties, you know, that that's why they credit it with never getting ill over the winter if you've got some birch juice. Ooh. So they just tap it like when you tap for rubber. They just take a literal tap like you'd put in the side of a kilner jar or wow. something like that. And they take it and hammer it in into the side of the birch and then like strap a jar to it and this like sap wow. runs out and then they I ferment it from the sap you know when you think about the structure of a um, tree stump like a trunk is it what's xylem and phloem what's the stuff that circulates like the liquid the blood of the tree basically? so as far as i understand you've got the center of the tree yeah go ahead and then this bit gets bigger with every year yeah and then every year in the outermost bits if you've got all your trunk you know all bark. the bark you think of? Yeah. yeah. The xylem and the phloem is like in this layer. Like Got The yeah. most outer. Yeah. And then the next year that goes over again. Okay. So it's always in the outer, which is why the cambium is something that you really shouldn't, shouldn't. reach because that's when the xylem and phloem go. But I thought those things you were talking about, you know, the tapping... Goes deeper. Goes deeper. That's what I thought. But that's only going to be in wood, if it, Yeah. If it's right? not got any other flowing, viscous Liquid. liquids anywhere else, then it must be mm. in the outer layer of the cambium. But they also yeah. paint it with this special, like, white paint to, to keep it sealed. And it's, like, antibacterial, this paint. Oh, so that they that, yeah. Yeah, so they can breach the cambium, but also protect the tree. Oh, Symbiosis, taking care lovely. of nature. Thumbs up. Oh, anyway, gosh. I tasted this stuff. So they put a load of water and sugar in it and ferment it. And it's really fizzy, super fizzy. And, like, Ooh. very citrusy tart. Quite sour. Pretty so good. Yeah, like. really flavoursome. Yeah. Hence, it's ancient use for flavouring food. <laughs> Uh, it's used to oil leather because it oh, makes nice. things like waterproof, tanning. like tanning. It's used for soap. It's used for shampoo. It's used as glue. So is it like a kind of alkaline substance then? I, I don't know. I wouldn't care to speculate. <laughs> the type of glue that it's made that it makes is called birch tar, and they oh, use it on like roofs for stuff because it's so gloopy and waterproof. They use it, especially in Russia, Finland, Latvia, in saunas. Oh. You know, they gather together the the branches yeah. and then you smack yourself and each other and your friends with it in the sauna and it makes with tiny a piece of wood. They smack you. Like yeah, but a paddle. It, it's like no, it's not like it's a paddle, a it's kind of sauna. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like a paddle, it's like connecting together the soft ends of the branches to make like a broom handle. Uh, and then okay. you go chuk, 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 oh my god, I've seen yeah. that happen. Yeah, I've yeah. done it. It's great. It makes tiny, tiny little perforations in your skin because it just ever so slightly makes, you know, like exfoliating basically. Yeah. And then you get all the good juju from the birch into your skin oh, wow. whilst and you're in the sauna high. and your pores are all open. You get to absorb all the good magic. Maisie, I'm not finished. Sorry, Can you give apologies. me leave to continue? Give me leave to continue, Alice. It's used Alice, to season. Did you just hear what I said? What? Clearly not. It's not important. Alex, you go on. You go on. What did you say? Sorry, I was too excited about the list. This is what trees can do to people. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's my kryptonite. Organising things into lists and trees. <laughs> it's used to season traditional Norwegian boat sails to make them. Just s- Norwegian ones. So I'm afraid so. No, just stay in your lane. Okay. It's great firewood because it's got an extremely high caloric value for trees, which is why you've got this information about soldiers using it 
to mm, eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're going to eat anything, probably try and eat a birch because it's like a tortilla chip. It's just <laughs> dripping. You'll balloon right back up if, you're, if your diet is purely birch trees. Presumably quite flavoursome if you get some of the, the exactly. liquid <laughs> sprinkle it on top. I'll give you my penultimate fact about oh. them and then we'll finish with the favourite fact. So excited, Alice. Give me it. Birch was famously used to make the H4 Hercules plane First flew in 1947, super lightweight aircraft, strategically used during wars and stuff like that. The war? In advert... The war. The war, in that one. Referred to as the spruce goose, because it was a goose that like, flew in the air, but it's not made of spruces, it's made of birch. goose. But I'm not sure how you'd really write the birch lurch. I don't, there's oh, nothing quite that's as... even better. Thanks very much. The whole plane was made of birch. Wow. The spruce goose. The spruce goose, the birch lurch. Are you ready for my number one favourite fact? Give me. Birch seeds, you know from the catkins when they dry out and blow away, are the most popular material to use to illustrate leaf litter in miniature terrain models. So you know when an architectural firm is like drawing up <gasps> oh, no. and they make those yeah. little models of what the whole development... It's huge, like the size of a table. Yes, and they need to show what it's going to be like in autumn. And there's leaf litter on the ground for all kinds of trees. It's birch seeds. Birch seeds. Leaf wow. litter. Wow. It's so cute, isn't That's it? so specific. Like, <laughs> how many different kinds of seeds they tried before settling on this one? It's like, the universal... This, this will not do. <laughs> yeah. I know. Birches? Well so done. So useful. So useful. So versatile. My God. Give me your shade, Maisie. What's the shade of Pablo, Jeffrey, Gordon, Ramsey? Solomon Rosenblum. Yes. <laughs> so, we don't understand that much about his actual mission. So the treason stuff itself has overthrown this Bolshevik crazy regime, which mm. Alice helpfully told me. I had no idea what Bolshevism was. I had a friend that's tried to tell me a few times, just goes right over my head. A far-left radical Marx political party in Russia. You'd have absolutely loved them, Maisie. You'd have been signed up front of the queue. (laughs) I would have. I'm guessing they were not great. Well, it was a bit of a messy time for everyone back in the day, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, as opposed to the nice, clean times we have now. That's it, yeah. It's just never going to be good, where people are concerned. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Leave it to the trees, man. Leave it to the trees. Symbiosis down in a way that we will never have. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So unfortunately, there's not that much known about the mission because it was a because it was secret, secret and that mission and that. Yeah, got it. But there was a story, uh, like a memoir written about it, called "Memoirs of a British Agent," <gasps> which like really popularised him. Like apparently, most people know who Sidney Riley is, or at least old people do. Uh-huh. It's like a household name. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now our household is included. Exactly. <laughs> Sidney Sidney George Riley. Nice, isn't it? Nice Great name. name. I bet that's not his real name. Probably not. What do you think his real name is? Piotr. What's the, what's the Russian one that's like P I O T R? Yeah, Piotr. That, yeah? I think his name I think is. Rivas. Herman Mermansberger. Whenever me and Alice are in a pub, <laughs> for some reason we just start making up stupid names. They're not stupid, Maisie. Oh, they're brilliant. They're innovative. Herman's Mermansberger. What was the other one? Chester Chad- Chester Lesterman Field Chester Lesterman <laughs> brother Chadley, Chadley. <laughs> Alice made an entire song to the theme of um, Horace Wimp's Diary by ELO <laughs> but it's just with Chester Lesterman Field and he's trying to get out of his apprenticeship at the library or something by so going into space to fall in love with the tardigrade yeah. that's on our Patreon subscribers <laughs> only <laughs> 
We have an OnlyFans and it's just full of <laughs> trees and <laughs> shitty names. Chester Leston and Field. That's oh, yeah, such yeah. a name, isn't it? Chester Leston and Field. How did we get here? Where are we? Tall tale, Alice. Okay. Tell me how tall and tale of your tree is. Uh, silver birch is averagely 9 to 12 metres. As we know from our now universal scale, about half a house. Yeah, it's about three friends. Yeah, fair size. It's more than three friends, isn't it? About five friends. Nine. How tall are people? About a metre and a half. Yeah? Yeah. A few friends. Still big. Great job, Silver Birch. Great job. Thumbs up. What's the uh, tallness of your tail over there? So he's gone down in history. Again, greatest spy in history of wow. that he's been quoted as. He's had what? loads of books written about him. Obviously, he's immortalised now through James Bond. Was he as much as a hateful misogynist as James Bond? I don't know, because a lot of his life is so secret. Let's just say no, he wasn't. He was a pioneering feminist. Yeah, he did. Oh, man, there's this fucking amazing story about how he met his wife, right? So... Oh, he had a wife! <laughs> so he gets to Britain after saving some major. He renames himself. He's not Pedro anymore. He's Sydney. He's okay, got you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the British people, the spy industry, like, gave him a new passport and passage to Britain as part of his, like, Reward. thanks mm. for doing that. So he gets to Britain. He's been there, like, a month or two. He pretends, he's, he like makes out that he's selling these weird kind of fake medicine. He's like a con man, I guess. And he goes up to this guy, this really, really rich guy who has some kind of weird kidney failure. And he's pretending to sell him this fake medicine. And then he sleeps with this man's wife, <laughs> called Margaret Thomas. And, um, oh, this is really fucked up. So, something happens where he suggests to this man with a kidney infection that he should change his will to make Margaret his... I think they call it like an executor. It's like where they get to decide where all yes. the money goes. And um, then suspiciously, a week after his will is changed, the man dies. <laughs> of aggravated kidney f- gout well, or whatever he's got. So the man dies and then a doctor comes along, matching the description of Sydney, and says, oh yeah, he died of the flu. No one needs to look into it. No one needs to look into it. And he gave a name. And then later on it was searched to see if any doctors had that name in Britain. No one did. So it was just Sydney comes along, oh, dressed as a doctor. And, and goes, kills oh, him. Yeah, it was a flu. No one needs to look into this. Margaret must have hated him quite a lot no. to be happy for this to Oh, happen. yeah, yeah, totally. And then they got married. So Margaret inherits like £800,000. Wow. This is like early 1900s. That's so much money. Wow. And then marries Sydney. Sydney. And then they go off and live in uh, Russia together, where he's poached by the Japanese government to go be a spy. What a life. What a life, man. What happened to Margaret? Did she go I to Japan? Stayed, oh, yeah, they went. They all went together. I think they stayed together. Was she, like, tough? Did she do some spy shit as well? I don't I don't think so. But mm. she was pretty chill with killing her husband, which is kind of fun. That's pretty spy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's gangster. That is gangster. Spy. Yeah. Well done, Margaret. I mean, So you can well see why he's been so immortalised. What a what yarn. Don. Mm. And all his life is just stories like this. How did he die in the end? He went missing in... Uh, the uh, mid 1920s in Russia, somewhere, and then the Russian government were like, "Oh yeah, he dead." I, I'm seeing Margaret's <laughs> fingerprints all over this. She just went missing. She black Russia. widowed him just like she did to Godfrey. What's his kidney failure face in the previous ex-husband? Yeah, I don't even know what his name was. Didn't bother writing it down. Not important, pal. Lost to the annals <laughs> of history. So the Russian government slash Margaret Murdered disappeared him. him. Yeah. Yeah, and then apparently he became famous like in the period after his death, between like 1925 and 1930. Wow. Trails all the time, Uh, They averagely live about 140 years to the old silver birch. They grow very quickly, but they don't live as long as other ornamental trees. They are mostly killed by leaf miners and... Leaf miners? Leaf miners. Is that a kind of bug or...? It's a kind of bug. It's not like a child. (laughs) It's not like a sub-16 years leaf 
killer. I had a right obsession when I was a kid of whenever I'd walk past a hedge, I would like put my hand on one of the twigs and then try to pull off all of the leaves in the time that I was walking past. You are a leaf miner. I was a leaf miner, <laughs> and I would do this all the time. And I remember like coming home from school, you know, on Grantham Drive, you know, at the end of the summer, a hedge would be like almost better. They'd have patchy spots, which wow. is just for me every day walking past, peeling off a twig's lot of really speaks to the efficacy of the war of attrition there you just keep chipping away at destruction and eventually you'll get there you'll get there and i love tearing them apart i'll get a big leaf and tear it yeah it's tiny pieces and drop them like hansel and gretel back to my house like confetti yeah yeah i love that well we can deconstruct that on the couch (laughs) later on but they're also killed a lot by bronze but they're also killed a lot by bronze birch borers which i think would be an exquisite name for our band just gonna say a band name would be perfect. Bronze, Bronze Birch, Birch Borers. borers. Is it because we type are of things? Borers. <laughs> ah, drainer. <laughs> That's what I've got for you, Maisie. How about your trailers, oldest time? So, born in 1873, somewhere, on a day. Probably. Died in 1925, somewhere, on a, a day. day. <laughs> a man of mystery. He was 51 when he died, though, which isn't bad for a spy, I think. Yeah, that seems quite ripe for a spy. Imagine how many dangerous situations he gets into. Do we know anything at all about the missions that he did and what the likelihood of the dangerous situations he was in when he was doing spy work? There's been a lot of gossip tell-alls published about him. Oh. And then if Ian Fleming's anything to go by, being a piece of shit something. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that guy. I really hate that guy. Fuck yeah, I think you, he has like an OBE Fleming. or something. Does he? Loads of shitty wankers have got OBEs. I mean, the clue is in the name. Yeah, all the good ones Order of the British <laughs> Empire. You've got to feel some kind of way about history to be like, yay, Empire, thanks for the badge. <laughs> I do have another name-related fact, actually. Oh, yeah, go on. So, along with all of his other names, Sidney George O'Reilly's full name is Sidney George O'Reilly, MC. <laughs> he was, in his spare time... Spitting mad, mad bars. <laughs> it's because he won something called the Military Cross, which is like a British military award. Oh, yeah. So you have to put MC at the end of his name now, which is amazing. Oh, wow. Is that for shooting the pirates or something else? I don't know. I think something else. Maybe overall. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure when he was in Britain after that, but I do know he dodged about a whole bunch of countries. Wow. He's really an elusive little rascal, isn't he? Yeah. Well, he worked in Germany as well. Poor <sighs> Germany. All sorts. Really got around. What Good for you, Sydney. Great guy. I'd quite like to read about this spy. I'll get you a memoirs of a British agent. Mm. Mm-hmm. Quite a, quite a looker as well, really. Was he? As you'd expect of a spy, of course. Well, yeah, it helps. It opens a lot of doors, doesn't it? <laughs> Bit of the old jab jab cross, if okay. you know what I'm saying. Hey. So, what are you saying, Maisie? Five stocks scale me. I'm a big fan of the birch. I'm a big fan of us doing trees that you can actually see on your way to work and stuff. Mm. It's nice to go there and be like, see a silver birch tree next time you're walking past and go, oh wow, I could eat that. Yeah, That's or nice. make a shoe out of it. Or make a really realistic sculpture and use it for leaf litter. Or make an aeroplane. So many good things you can do with silver birches. So, for that, I give it a 4.7. Ooh. I'm big score. The big scores recently. You are. You're feeling generous. I love all the trees, Alice. I do. For Sydney George O'Reilly, MC. <laughs> <laughs> I really love him. I don't think he did anything bad, really. I mean, apart from killing people for money. <laughs> but I'll say he kills people for free. So. <laughs> Mugs. <laughs> um, he brings me a lot of giggles, man. I'm going to go 4.3. Wow, well done, Sydney. He's Good really job. captured your heart there, he hasn't has. he? He's a spy, Alice, mm-hmm. an actual spy. I yeah. forget that that's a real job. Right now, people are employed as spies. As spies. You know, Jimmy Carr nearly worked for MI5. 
Oh, that laugh would have been a dead giveaway. <laughs> Can you imagine him in his fedora hat hiding behind a newspaper? He <laughs> 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 wouldn't last a day in the field. <laughs> Alice, what are you saying on the five stock scale? Okay, well, the birch tree... I am so charmed by the birch seed use as leaf litter. Mm. There's something really comical about really precise examples of things. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Specificity is funny. It's hilarious. It's really hilarious. And I just imagine them like with little tweezers, laser precision, like laying down each leaf slash birch seed. Just going out and harvesting like, oh, it's a bumper crop this year. We certainly will be having a, a bountiful autumn back in the old... I imagine them making like steam railway, oh, you know yeah, what I mean? Kind of Big time. But I've never played with a set and I bet they're actually quite cool. Yeah, they're probably fun. It's like Lego, isn't it, but expensive. Yeah, it's adult Lego. So I'm going to award the birch tree. I just love that you can do everything. You can make shoes, you can make a plane. Have a whole life with this tree. You could. And I feel personally connected to this tree because I've drunk its juice, you know what I'm saying? Mm. I've been smacked in the face by it in a sauna. (laughs) We go way back. Such a good tree. The one-stop shop. It is. I'm going to award a really solid 4.775 to the birch tree. 775. 4.775. You've got to beat me at every opportunity, Alice, even if it's by a decimal point. Well, Maisie, I've never beaten you at anything... (laughs) in our shared history together. So I think I'm finally due a turn. How does it feel? It's hollow. <laughs> it's called happiness. <laughs> and what are you saying for Sydney George Riley MC? Pedro Gordon Sydney Georgia Rosenbloom MC gets a big score from me. I love that he just turned himself into a pirate <laughs> by snatching <laughs> What do you call a really old gun? Um, you know, I'm imagining one of those like poof ones. Big weird ones. things at the end yeah. of the trumpet. That goes yeah. Out. I keep wanting to go to doubloon, but that's not right. Yeah, that's currency, isn't it? Blunder? No. Blunderbust? No. Revolver? That's an old. A one. massive old gun, yeah. snatching it out of the pantaloons <laughs> of the captain of the ship and uh, showing him right up. And I just love that he lied to everyone about yeah. everything. <laughs> I love the connection with Dr. Dog's body's leg. Uh, I think he had a lot of style. You know what I mean? Yeah. He had a lot of swag. Pizzazz. <laughs> yes. Oozing pizzazz. Oozing pizzazz. I mean, he probably did a lot of really terrible shit in his life, the likelihood is. But I didn't hear about any of that today, so... <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to give him... I'm going to give him uh, a 3.9 stocks. 3.9? 3.9 stocks out of 5 stocks on the 5 stock scale. That is a very respectable score. Wow. And thank you to wipe wow. that smirk off your face. Oh, it's permanent. <laughs> thank you so much for podding with me, Alice. Oh, amazing. Always a pleasure, never a chore. I've been amazing. I've been Alice. This has been... Trees Review! <laughs>